Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. Such enthusiasm. Hello, I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and Kevin Wimmer of Elemental Fitness is back to guest guest co-host the intro of this episode. The intro is the time where I bring back past guests, see what they're up to, run through our standard three questions before I chat with the main guest. And today, my main guest coming up is a hilarious, authentic woman sharing her keto journey and all the craziness of life in between. So welcome back, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's so great to see you. It is. I think uh, we were getting together last, like right at the beginning of COVID and whatnot, right? Actually, now that I'm thinking, I thought that it was Jordan that was my last recording, Jordan Hammonds, but it might have been you because we were like, are we going to do this? Do you feel comfortable? I had all my cleaning supplies out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had tequila and cleaning supplies out. So we were extremely sanitized inside and out. Right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so that's, this is interesting symmetry here. So yeah. It's been a hell of a time, huh? (laughs) It has. Yes. What's been your favorite workout recently? Oh boy. Well, um, it was my birthday workout last week that I did and I was happy birthday. Thank you. I was almost with an eye shot here. I did the main street stairs for the first time. So those awful, awful stairs that start down at the bottom of main street and they go across like four different roads to go up to Clifton. A, uh, they go up to a park that let's kind of at a dead end up there doing a terrible job. of No, explaining what's this. the park? Um, Mount Auburn? It, it is in Mount Auburn. Okay. Yes. yes. I was thinking of, there was this park that we, when we did the protest that we walked like up Vine to. Okay. But I don't know if that's the same one. These no. were just terrifying. And I had Why were seen, they terrifying? Oh, it's, uh, it's just 200 feet of elevation gain in under 400 meters. And of- it's just stuff. straight steps. How do I not know about this? Yeah, I don't know. How. I would have assumed that this was like on your daily walk. So oh. they will be now, but you only do it once and that'll be a mistake. But okay. I did a, you know, birthday workout three times. You did, th- um, you did the stairs three times. Well, I, I'll say I ran up them one time and then it was kind of like a fall upstairs the other two times. But um, if you're saying this is difficult, I can't imagine how (laughs) difficult it is. It was ridiculous. So the way I discovered them was um, Susie from Studio S's husband, Chris. He's an animal. He's awesome. Yeah, he's super fun. Um, I run into him on Strava segments all over the town all the time. You can always find his because they're named something preposterous. Oh, yeah. I believe he named this one because it's like an incredible view of your inner sissy um, is the name of the segment. So I was like, oh, that's got to be fun. So I I love that. So that's I, you know, warmed up. There was a light little drizzle going last week. Mm. I got up there, took off hit the stairs. I was feeling good. It was awful. I was working hard. <laughs> I got up to the last step, fell face first, flat on the ground and realized that the segment didn't end right there, but ended like 20 feet past that. So I like knee crawled to end the segment to set my time. And I was, I ended up two seconds behind Chris oh, and I was just so defeated by that. And I was like, well, not going to go after that again today. So, so how long did it take you? Uh, a little over two minutes. So Chris was right at like two eleven, oh and I think God. I was at two thirteen. So it's just like two minutes of brutal hell. It's terrible. It's just I, and each so you get up a set of stairs and then you have to run across. There's a, road. a little bit of oh, okay, and then you get up another set of stairs, run across a road, 
And I think you might do that one more time. And then there's a final long set of stairs. And I mean, any one set, you know, you're kind of ready to tap out a little bit. But then the fact that you just look up and you're like, oh, no, not again. But, you know, that's what a birthday workout's for. Are this, did you do one stair at a time or do you take them in two? Like, what's the height of the for me and and what these allowed you to do a comfortable two so skip a step um i usually like to mix and match it a little bit depending on how long they are like can you get away with a few skip two steps do you have to go to just one step for a set but these were very consistent throughout and i think that's kind of the optimal speed yeah skip a step no i know that feeling when i did the nipperts Yes. stadium stairs yeah. i've done that one time and i was like cool i did it i don't yeah. have to do this again Check. yeah yeah <laughs> people i know are obsessed with it but it was so daunting where you go up like three times yeah. and you're like this is so difficult and then you look around the rest <laughs> of the state you're like yeah how am i gonna yeah. do it i've done that one many times um the only thing i don't like is they're short segments so yeah. you're running down a lot yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. obviously yeah you're going up and down equal amounts right. but i kind of like a straight shot just to keep going up to really kill, push the cardio kill right your legs yeah because you're not on the way down you're hustling but you're also just trying not to fall and die yeah. Yeah. so yeah fair yeah. no that feeling too once you're getting to the top or maybe it's not the top yet yeah where you're telling your legs to move <laughs> yeah. you're like move and it's just not happening. Yeah. I felt that way doing pull-ups today when I was training with Johnny. Why were you telling your legs to move during no, pull-ups? No, not, not legs. <laughs> but you're like, it, it, I'm like, I'm putting every ounce of energy I have and I'm yeah. not moving. <laughs> like, what's going on? Fantastic. So That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so I, my favorite workout, I just got back from a weekend trip in Asheville oh, for nice. Molly McCafferty's bachelorette party. Molly is... Uh, co-owner of local health connection Quidwell. So we went down there to celebrate her and we were supposed to do a Saturday morning workout led by Kayla, Cincy Fit Foodie, but we did a Friday night Mm -hmm. and we prioritized tequila shots. And so we (laughs) did not make the The Saturday morning workout, but we did do a couple hikes. So my favorite hike was this six mile really difficult terrain hike what was the name of it uh black balsam okay yeah been there you have yeah the knob black balsam knob yes there's a bunch of trails that are like something knob like wolf knob or whatever so kayla and i did this six mile hike right on our like drive out of Asheville. so Mm -hmm. while we were before we came home and the trail right you drive up into the mountains Mm -hmm. to start which is just beautiful because every view that you have is just this like expansive mountainscape that's just amazing to look at so we had asked um our server at dinner the night before we were like do you have any recommendations we want like something that's pretty tough and he was like well this one's pretty difficult and so we started off and we were like okay like this isn't so bad but I guess in our mind, we had that difficult was going to mean a lot of like elevation change. But this was difficult because of the terrain terrain. difference. Yeah. So there were like huge big rocks or just parts of the trail that weren't as developed. And we definitely got lost like several times off off trail going through. And you, it looks like it's a trail for a while. And then you're like, I'm in the middle of the forest. (laughs) We're like, we got to turn around. But it was great. We just 
we were both we just kept saying how good it felt to be outside in nature and something too that's so special about being in the mountains yeah i don't know what it is but i think everyone can just it's magical yeah it just it felt so good to be outside and it was my first time wearing hiking boots no wow i got a new pair of hiking boots while i was in Asheville. it's a complete game changer had i known about hiking boots i mean i knew that they existed but if i knew what they did for you i mean i would i go hiking like fairly often now that i have hiking boots i'm gonna go a lot more often but it what it felt like was like those trucks that have big wheels and can just plow over anything that i was that truck plowed Asheville. i was just like on fire through those trails i'm like i can do anything i can walk anywhere i can step on top of anything i can go in water i can go in mud it was great. So this is kind of leading into the thing that I want to talk about, which is because I have all the this all these new hiking boots. I have one new pair of hiking boots. I really want to spend the rest of the summer hiking or like going out on trails as much as I can. And I feel like you are the right person to talk about talk about this too, of where in Cincinnati. And I'm I mean, I'm willing to drive like up to two hours for a okay. trip. Yeah. There's more than enough to keep you busy every weekend okay. within two hours. Do you, what are your recommendations? Can um, you talk to me about some sure. good trails yeah. and hiking? Um, I'll start since I'm kind of on the east side of town. I'll yep. start a little further east with um, Adams County. Okay. Uh, there's a area, um, part of the app, like East Appalachia, um, and it's called Buzzard's Roost, that okay. area. Um, really fantastic, like walls and cliff walls and stuff you don't have to climb them or uh-huh. anything or some amb- you probably you, do yeah. no, well you can see some ambitious <laughs> folks have i don't know how those all turned out yeah. but um hikes take you up there as well so you can get some you know amazing views oh, okay. uh, overlooks there's tons of unique wildlife and stuff in the area and there's been a huge push lately to uh, preserve a lot of that habitat out there uh-huh. um so that's probably about a hour and a half okay hour 15 minute drive from here but there's um three different hikes out there they'd probably total up about seven eight miles round trips yeah so you could you know hit one get a little lunch back at the car yeah another one um if you want to go towards indiana uh clifton gorge clifton gorge clifton gorge okay um we recently went to clifty falls state park yes indiana yes is that that, the same thing yeah that area yeah okay yep yeah i think the Gorge is called oh. Clifton Gorge. So. Oh, okay. Yes. That makes but, sense. Yeah, I love so that hike. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? Well, I want to go back again because... What with your boots? Exactly. Yeah, because that with was my rocky, boots. right? It's so rocky. That's rocky. The sheriff of Soundtown's giving me a look because okay. he was there with me and yeah. it is. it was... Yeah. Tre- treacherous terrain. I believe they do a couple races through there. Um, I, I want to say... so. I can't remember the name. It might be Wolf in the name or something okay. like that, but... Um, like a, a 10 mile run through there. And I'm like 10 miles on that terrain. Like I would just have to staple my legs back together. I know. Like I would just shin splints. It's, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful, but I'm hiking through there and I have to just keep looking at the ground yeah. because I need to know what's going on. Yeah. Not with my hiking boots. I'm just going <laughs> to plow through. Well, but yeah, obviously now. Okay. That's okay. I love that um, one. So that's another one. I mean, obviously Yellow Springs is I've never beautiful. been to Yellow Springs. Okay. Well, you should go to Yellow Springs. Okay. Um, Winds, Winds Cafe, put that a little carry out yep. picnic yep. Uh, on your list. Um, 
So that area is beautiful. I don't know what all's open there right now. Yeah. So you might actually any of these places you should probably call and check. Right. Um, those are those are kind of like okay. perimeter, good perimeter ones. Have you done Hawking Hills? Do you have any yeah, trail I, recommendations there? When we went, we just kind of did the popular ones. Okay. Um, we Which went in the winter, though, and there was that. no one around. So, you know, dogs happened to leashes got uh-huh. dropped right, and sure. dogs were just kind of running <laughs> off. Um, but literally, there was no one there. And it was really pretty. It was in the winter. Um, and I just, you know, it was kind of cold versus buggy yeah. and, you know, yeah. ice and beautiful icy waterfalls. Instead I know. Of I'm hoping this ones. is going to be a hobby that I keep through the fall and winter because yeah. I'm starting to have a little like post-summer anxiety creep in already with, you know, this quarantine situation, I'm managing okay because at any time I can be outside. It's light until 9 p.m. The weather's been great. It's not going to stay this way. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, what's going to happen to me? I know, I know. Don't panic yet. I know, I'm trying trying not to like willfully whisk my summer away by thinking in the future too much, but... With my new hiking boots, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's going to um, cure everything. <laughs> you know, a, a little closer in, you know, a little morning trip, afternoon trips. Uh, Mount Airy has some great uh-huh. spots. Uh-huh. Um, be careful out there. Take oh, a yeah. friend. Okay. Um, just, you know, recent events. Mm. Um, that's a great place. Uh, East Fork. Um, yes. If you go kind of to some of the off the beaten path, like don't pull into the most crowded parking lot where all the cars are and assume that that's the only place to hike. Okay. Um, do a little digging or just, you know, I'll, I'll shoot you emails. Okay. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, there's some hidden gems there. Like typically the most beautiful stuff at some of those parks is not on the main trails and that's probably why it stayed beautiful. Right. Um, Cause it's, you know, a little tougher to get to. Yeah. So when you say do a little digging just for other people out there too, is this like, can I like Google maps the situation Are hiking trails there? Do I just look on the internet? Yeah. There's, um, oh, what's it called? It's not map my run. There's a trail website that um it tends to log really okay good walks so uh, i can it's an internet thing yeah, yeah um i find too if you're wanting more like challenging hikes uh-huh. and or runs like strava is really good because people do have their own little hidden gems and yes. segments so if you go and you find like they have heat maps like uh, find a little place that's kind of blowing up right now and you could be like oh there's probably something good right there Ooh, and it fits yeah. like in the middle of a green space that you see it's probably a safe bet that you know it might be pretty epic and then you can just kind of read through what people have to say about it so there's some good info there that might not have made it you know to parks websites and things like that so okay helpful yeah this that's how i'm trying to structure the rest of my weekends yeah we still got fall i know know, that two weeks of fall in cincinnati are beautiful (laughs) in late october yeah two weeks you're right i know it's gonna be like 90s through september i don't know why i'm worried uh okay what did what do you want to talk about what's your thing um well well, let's stick with the theme of outdoors perfect let's stick with uh you know spending time outdoors right now which seems to be a fairly sensible (laughs) choice um you know as someone who operates an outdoor fitness business and has for 10 years 
Um, Are you annoyed? It, it's a little. You're like, get out of my park. My Instagram feed has changed <laughs> lately. So like all of the gyms that I follow from London to Sweden to Cincinnati mm -hmm. to everywhere, like everyone's got an outdoor fitness class all of a sudden. Amazing how that yeah. works out. But yeah, yeah I'm kind of like, mm, don't don't poach my workouts off yeah. my Instagram feeds. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful of I that. Know, you do. You do. But, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's something I always kind of think about. But then I have a lot of clients that have left over the years and mm -hmm. are in different cities. And they're like, oh, I so appreciate you posting those because, you know, I try to do my best. And right. My there's local a balance. Park or yeah, my there's backyard, a balance so. of like someone that's like yeah. really just looking for inspiration on their yeah. own versus a trainer that's profiting off of. Right, exactly. Yeah, no one's bridesmaided me in a while or anything at the park where they're kind of like standing behind the tree looking at the workout Ooh. and just kind of like taking notes. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been different. And uh, hopefully I think people are discovering that they kind of like it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's really hot and humid in Cincinnati, but as with my fitness philosophy if you can take that you can mm -hmm. take it when it's nicer and you'll do even better when it's nicer so it's very good you know point. embrace the suck because it's out there <laughs> how long did it or maybe not you specifically because you're a superhuman but other people what do you think the time frame is as you know you go from not working out in humid hot climate that there's yeah. some acclimation time absolutely how long do you think about how long it takes to to get to that good sweet spot <laughs> a full set of seasons <laughs> so a year um the only reason i say that is because then you hit the highs and lows and mm -hmm. i don't just mean that temperature wise i mean you hit the worst session so you know how bad it's possible to feel and mm -hmm. whether that's <laughs> because it's so hot you honestly don't feel like you can work for more than 30 seconds in a row yeah. or because it's so cold that you can't feel your hands and you haven't been able to talk for a while because your tongue's frozen to the top <laughs> oh of your mouth. God, no. um, but then it makes you appreciate the in-between times, yeah. which there's a lot of that yeah. in-between time. Um, I feel like especially right now, if you can get in the morning, yes it's lovely yeah i mean you can you'll be sweating yep in a warm-up and you'll keep that for an hour and then you know it first shower might not take you might need to take a yeah. second one but <laughs> we're all working from home anyway so Doesn't that's matter. fine um yeah i think as far as acclimation goes i think part of it too is the the trainer um mm. And I've been, again, just kind of gauging people's abilities and how, you know, different seasons and weather affects people for 10 years. So yeah. I kind of already know that when it gets to be this humid, we're doing timed shorter sets. Uh -huh. We're doing intentional break and rest. I don't care who thinks they're superhuman. Yeah. It only takes one superhuman. They they go over the top. They do the white out. They're sitting down then for the next 20 minutes of the workout and yeah. they don't get to play. So right. we intentionally take breaks. Um, just be on the lookout for all signs for everybody's safety. And, you know, that's that's what we're there for. You know, not only there to, you know, gauge and monitor people's form and strength yeah. training and progress and progressions, but you're there to monitor their health and, you know, safety. breathing, yeah. heart rate, all of those things too. So um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, a feel it out yep. thing yep. and yeah, you, you'll get there. <laughs> have you made any transitions or have you done anything differently now that you are, you said you have your business is doing well. There's lots of people in yeah. classes. Are you still at the, the park, the same park out there? Yeah. yeah. So I'm at Woodland Mound Park, which is on the East side. Um, classes five out of seven days a week. Mm. Um, the, the weirdest thing is we're not touching any equipment. 
out there. So that's been the biggest change for the last four months is the park closed down all playgrounds, all fitness equipment. They opened up playground equipment for kids about a month ago, but they've been slower to open up the fitness equipment. I'm not sure exactly why Mm -hmm. I've reached out, but they've got other challenges going on right now. Um, Hamilton County Park. So support your parks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I don't know if that's part of the reason. Um, So we've been doing a bring your own weight a couple times a week, which is kind of fun to see what people bring out. It's actually... It's actually more than a little fun. Uh, you know, some people are bringing out like concrete umbrella stands to lift with. Some people are taking apart part of their retaining wall in different weights. Oh, wow. You know, a couple times a week or leaving it in their car. But then, so, you know, odd objects lifting is a Find really. Find some rocks or something, yeah, right? Yeah. To bring around, get, like claim your rock. Like sure. this is only mine. Absolutely. Don't touch it. Yes. <laughs> Write yes. your name let on me, it. Let me spray paint <laughs> on it a little bit. So, yes, that's my COVID rock. But yep. yeah. And then other people are bringing, you know, they've if they were lucky enough to have equipment or they were on that first week on Amazon, you know, buying the last kettlebell that weighed 35 pounds in the whole world. I know. Um, You know, so everyone's got something different. So I'm just having to work a little harder to create workouts where everything makes sense for all the different things people are bringing and lifting. And, you know, that's kind of a fun and ridiculous challenge. But um, so that's, that's been a change. So we're trying to do, I'm trying to do for everyone that comes out, typically people come out two to three times a week. I'm trying to get everyone a strength training session with weight uh-huh. and then a body weight type session. Oh, yeah. So maybe a little more cardiovascular oriented. We can still get plenty of strength with calisthenics, right. Right. you know, especially the way I teach them. But yeah, especially. <laughs> um, I need you to put this out there really quick to them now that it's on my mind and we're talking about weights. If anyone, I, I don't know what situation this, if anyone's looking to sell some 20 pound weights, please let me know. Or if you are a gym owner or personal trainer and you have some 20 pound weights that you want to rent me, I will pay a rental fee, but I really, really need some 20 pounders. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the upsell on that. So it used to be like kind of a standard rule that weight is like a dollar a pound to buy something, right? You jump on, jump on a website, 20 pound kettlebell should cost $20. Uh I want two 20 pound dumbbells not now they cost like $150 I know I know that's I know it's um Facebook marketplace I'm I'm been looking okay I've been checking there um not as avidly as I could be but um we'll see too if anyone if you see something I have to buy it immediately grab it I know because yeah I was looking just for some stuff to just supplement my barn and it's like literally if you hesitate on it it's gone the next time you look at it so you had a period of time where you weren't doing classes. You like shut down, right? And you, you yeah. did some Zoom stuff? I shut down completely just for like a week just yeah. to, I guess, mentally understand what was about to happen. Um, but yes. then, yeah, I started right back up with Zoom classes, um, which, you know, it was something. But yeah. for someone who likes to teach outdoor fitness at a park, there's nothing further from that than staring at an iPad, a computer, your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that was really fun about that, though, is most everyone would continue to be outside of oh. my clients. So they would, you know, you get to see that. everyone's yard <laughs> yeah. or some people would walk to a local park, but they yeah. were just like, yeah, I just want to make it as, Feels you know, normal yeah, as, as normal as possible, even if I have to stare at a five inch digital yep. square and worry about, you know, lag and, you know 
we're doing one thing. It looks like three people are doing something else, but it's just because my internet yes. hasn't caught up or right. something like right. that. So, um, yeah, so we, we made it through. Right. And, but then you, when you came back to doing in-person classes, did you notice any kind of shift or difference in people like returning to work out? Like either from like a mental space or just like what they had been going through, their excitement towards working out. Because you have such There's, a good close community, which is why yeah. you know, I wanted to tap in to um, you and ask that. There was definitely excitement. Yeah. I, people were very nice to not, you know, badger me because a lot of so many things were out of my hands. But, you know, I could tell there was definitely a palpable extra motivation. I work maybe. out harder when we're together. Yeah. Can we get back together? So I'm not wasting these workouts. And I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, better together. Um, people, I think, have have realized there is some safety in working out outdoors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so even some people that I haven't seen in months, couple of years, oh, even yeah. have come back out, which yep. has been awesome. It's always great to see people, uh, again, who, you know, whatever path life's taken them on mm-hmm. might have steered them away for a while. But just to see them again, see see where their fitness journey's taken them, and it yeah. feels like good old times at the park again. Yep, so yep. yeah, that's been how great. do people sign up for your classes? How do they find you if they are interested in taking through my website, um, which is elementalfitness.com with yep. a goofy spelling. But if you type I'll in elemental anyway. fitness, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can still kind of find it. But um, and also Facebook leads there. Uh, I think Instagram leads there. Okay. Every, everything yeah. leads to the website. Right. Um, and I always tell people, look, if it's if it's that rough, just shoot me a text to that number and tell me you're coming out and I'll make sure you find the space. Well, I said this before, too, on your past episode you your communication is outstanding people at least I felt so supported coming to you know a, a workout that may be different maybe not now but was different than what people were used to but now I think yeah everyone's trying to find something outside yeah it's great I, I'm gonna come back soon too Kayla pickle lover Kayla Kevin brought me some pickles fresh from his garden well obviously cucumbers that he's pickling yeah. um so then Kayla wants to come join too. So I'm going to bring her out. That's going to tie into our wild card. It, <laughs> you're right. It is. So here we are. Wild card. If you could only eat four foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? So I probably filtered and revised this 12 times. I think I botched this a little bit, but you go. Well, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you could take this a bunch of different I ways, know. right? This could be like, oh, well, do I have to go to the semantics of four ingredients that I could have? Right. Or is it the four foods that would sustain me right. the most and be balanced? I'm like, that all sounds kind of lame. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, if you asked me this after dinner tonight, I'd probably give you four different ones. But sure. first two, totally prisoner of the moment where we're at right now, watermelon. That's my number one. Well, it's it's one of the four watermelons. So pretty much this summer and last summer, I do a lot of yard work, a lot of gardening, landscaping, stuff like that outside. Mm -hmm. I more or less sustain myself from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on watermelon. (laughs) Like I just come in, Are you eat some like cold watermelon. An, an entire watermelon, I'm gonna a guess. A lot. I try not to add it up, yeah. but it's a lot. Uh, and well, some and somehow I never have to go to the bathroom because you're just sweating your face off yeah. outside. So yeah. uh watermelon, prisoner of the moment. Yeah. I know that's right now, you know, it'd probably be a different fruit in the winter. Mm-hmm. But um I brought you pickled cucumbers. Yes. Pickling anything, cold pickled vegetables right now. I feel a little bit like I'm a seven-year-old that needs to be tricked into eating more vegetables. I eat a ton of vegetables, but just like cold pickling them with garlic, jalapenos, some vinegar, salt, um, just makes every vegetable a little more interesting. And since we're getting such a profusion out of the garden right now, 
um, we're just, we're eating these things at like eight in the morning. We're eating pickles. It's I'm, ridiculous. I'm on a pickled onion kick right now. Yeah. I put pickled yes. onion on everything. Everything. And I'm like, how is and this if you go so red, much better? Pink. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah I use oh, I red. That. Yeah. Delicious. Okay. Pickles, watermelon. Pickles, watermelon. Okay. And now we're going to get into nonsense. Okay. Both have good little stories though. Uh, <laughs> cheeseburger. So just straight okay, perfect. up cheeseburger. Love. Um, about a decade ago, my wife and I wrapped this like cross country we were following a gq top 20 burgers of all time it was a gq article pretty legit this guy ate like hundreds of burgers and ranked them from hole in the walls to world-class steakhouses so we checked off 15 of 20. that's crazy yeah we would plan vacation spots around around an hour drive to a cheeseburger (laughs) like okay well we kind of want to go here okay well it's only an hour so if we go there so i mean we ate at a place in hollywood florida called la tub um that was the number one burger we ate burgers in philly we ate three burgers in california in one day because we were just going through la in one day like i can make a lot check a lot off the list yeah so we each had two burgers and we split the third um so a cheeseburger. So that's always Have been... Have you been to Delwood? No, but I was just talking to my wife two weeks ago about getting carry out from there. Okay. I just so. had my first okay. cheeseburger from Delwood a yeah. couple weeks ago. Maybe the best in the city. Okay. Done. Sold. I'll be there. Delicious. Previously held right now, at least by Quatman's for me, but original Quatman's in I don't Norwood. think I even know where that is. Quatman's Cafe norwood mm. paper plates okay red and white plastic okay. table covers um yeah i really liked the burger at the mercer okay yeah the bun to burger ratio yeah was really perfect, perfect. yeah yep okay so we got pickles watermelon cheeseburgers got it last but not least very finite so this one probably does go to one that I feel like I could eat every day and probably live for a long time. Uh-huh. So my wife and I got married in Fiji. In Incredible. Fiji, one of our meals that we got served for lunch was this milk poached cod. It was a cold like ceviche. So milk does okay. have enough acid to cook fish eventually, like a light white fish. Um, and along with some additional citrus and You're stuff. You're blowing my mind right now. Oh, so awesome. But then they had like fresh vegetables and stuff in it too, which also had that cold broth. So it was just, it was this beautiful white cold broth with like some olive oil, pepper, oh. and then just white fish, some vegetables. And it's I like honestly- so fresh yes, and delicious. Like, yeah. And especially right now in this weather, I'm mm-hmm. like, I could literally eat just mm-hmm. a punch bowl of that every day and feel fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, your answers are were really good and well thought. Mine sound lame. Okay, my first one is pizza. Okay. Because yeah. it's delicious. Okay, that's on my list now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had eggs in various forms. I love it. They're just such a versatile vehicle to eat. I love eggs on my cheeseburgers, scrambled eggs, omelets, quiches, all kinds of eggs. Okay, so then this is where it gets dicey because I didn't know where we were. So, like... Can I go as broad as to just say sandwiches? Hmm. No, that's too broad, huh? Okay, what about specifically like an Italian panini? done. Sold. Yeah. Like a crispy bread, melted cheese, various meats, Mm -hmm. banana peppers, and then... Pickled. Yeah. Yeah. And then dipped in like some like olive oil with salt and pepper. 
Yeah. Okay. Sounds so good. Except I just got meat sweats right now just from talking about oh, that. Oh, I love a meat sweat. Um, okay. So they, then this too is just too broad. I was, I, I must have been really craving carbs when I was thinking about this because I have like a, a pastry of some sort from Brown Bear. So maybe like I love their savory. I remember what it's called. I think it might just be like the savory croissant, but it has pepitas and mm. goat cheese and caramelized onion oh, and like flakes good. of sea salt. It's yeah. delicious. It's you were so probably hiking in Asheville, <laughs> like when you were ideating all of these high carbs. No, you know what? It was exactly when well, we were done. Okay. It was when I emailed you in the car. Yeah. We were done hiking and we were on our way to go eat at Waffle House. So, well, that's this, not as good as any of those this, options. This is this is where that's coming from. I didn't. Oh my God. So Waffle House didn't make the list after that, huh? I know. No, it didn't. Oh, thanks so much for coming on, Kevin. Sure. It was a blast. So yes. good to see you. Thanks for having me. See you soon. My guest today is an Instagram sensation, authentically sharing her life and ketogenic lifestyle. She's lost 118 pounds through the keto diet and is quick to share recipes, life hacks, homeschooling stories, and much, much more. She's got calf strength for days and can make a hot dog in the shape of an octopus. Please welcome Lisa Hasselbeck, aka Queen City Lisa. I love it. That's like the best. <laughs> That is the best way I've ever been described in my whole life. I'm going to ask you about your calves because I'm very intrigued. <laughs> but in general, really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks so much for joining me virtually. I've been following along on Instagram. Love your no-nonsense nonsense content. Very refreshing these days. Thank you. Yes. And so I was traveling, as you know, with Kayla, since he fit foodie yeah. this yeah. past week. Yes. This past weekend. And, you know, I was chatting about you and like maybe some questions. And these are some direct quotes from her when she was describing oh, yeah. you. <laughs> she just said, very far away from fake, very genuine and authentic. So I think we're like seeing this, this theme come up. Right. But have you always been this way? I think you have to be. I think if you're not, I mean, what's the, the point? <laughs> I agree. And I feel very allergic to people who are trying to like put something on. Like I get very itchy and very sneezy. I don't like it. Same, same. And I think you, people can spot it a million miles away. Um, the calf thing. Do you want to go there? Let's just go right into the calf thing. So my very first few weeks, like dabbling around on Instagram, I saw all these other people were posting like workouts that they were doing and um, showing like what they did in a day. And I happened to post just randomly um, an exercise and it was just, it was just showing my legs or my calves. It was the most innocuous, like benign thing you have ever seen in your life. I didn't mean anything by it. I didn't intend to do anything. I was just doing what I thought you were supposed to do with like a wellness fitness person on Instagram and I got all these really weird DMs um some of them from like Germany and all of these places <laughs> um asking if I would be interested in doing a certain type of leg modeling yes um, and so that's kind of how it all started and it's kind of taken off I kind of take it like tongue-in-cheek and 
it's sort of a funny thing that I poke at now because every time I post something, people ask, like, how do you get calves like that? <laughs> and it's like the weirdest body part for people to have an interest in. Like, it's not like my butt or boobs or anything like that. It's like your calves. People like your calves. I don't get it. No, I definitely get it. I was assuming it was something like this, like a weird fetish thing yes, that was that was that was in line with like feet. Yes, it's very it's in that same realm. It's very I I, I won't even say it's bizarre anymore. Um it's just they're like the nicest people of all the people on Instagram that I interact with. They're the most kind, like genuine people. <laughs> no, there is there's absolutely no kink shaming happening no. happening on this podcast. No. Do you live your yes. truth? They're so nice. <laughs> but for sure, I have also been in a situation where I've like got a, a feet request pick and I'm like, okay, how much you paying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's my thing. I said I have two little girls. They want to go to medical school or they want to go to wherever. I mean, we'll talk, we'll chat. And I joke about that. I kind of half joke, but sometimes like if the money were good. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting it out there right now. You want to picture my feet? Absolutely DM me. We can have this conversation. I am not above it. I would love to make a quick dollar right now. Same, same. Yeah, I've gotten asked if I would um, step on a balloon. Um, they get very, very in-depth with the request. And I'm like, I don't really do that right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. So step I on a balloon. On Instagram. I'm always kind of. And people that, you know, follow me, they know kind of the joke with it. And it's it's a fun thing. That's all it is. No, I love it. I'm a, I, that's, that's hysterical. <laughs> so let's, I want to start at the beginning though. I have a lot of topics I want to cover. You lost 118 pounds yeah. to the keto diet. That's incredible. Yeah. So how did you get started on keto? How were you first introduced? Like, and then where did, when did you make the decision to start documenting all of this on Instagram? So I actually discovered keto through Instagram. Um, I guess I'll go through the whole backstory and everything. So my husband and I, um, for about seven years or so, we were trying to have a baby and just couldn't couldn't conceive for anything. Um, tried and tried, went to a bunch of different doctors. I was diagnosed with PCOS, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and um, just kind of, you know, took metformin. It destroyed my stomach. It causes a lot of gastrointestinal issues, a lot of not fun, um, things, but I just took it. I was like, you know what, if this is what I have to do to have a baby, then this is what I have to do. And so, um, went down that route and, you know, tried a little bit on the fertility front and just nothing really was working. I lost a little bit of weight, just counting calories and tracking and just kind of being mindful of things. And, um, I got pregnant and I was about six, seven, about seven weeks along and had a miscarriage hmm. and just wrecked me. And so after that, I put probably back on the weight that I had put, that I had taken off, um, right before I got pregnant. And then I think it was about five or six months after that first miscarriage, we got pregnant again. And obviously like when you become pregnant like that after a loss before then all of your feelings are so tempered you're you're nervous to get excited and so, I can imagine yeah I was nervous to tell anyone um I was nervous to buy anything or to make a big fuss over everything because I knew what had happened the first go-round 
And so I was very, you know, just cautious with everything. Um, and at about like the seven week mark, which is when I had had the first miscarriage, I was like, okay, whew, we've gotten past that, you know? And the next week when I was eight weeks, okay, we're closer. We're good. Nine, 10, 11. And at about, I think it was like 11 and a half weeks, I started hemorrhaging really bad. Um, it was, it was a just really traumatic. Um, I think because it was so much further along than the first one, the first one was, um, you know, so much earlier in the pregnancy and I hadn't like gotten my hopes up yet. This one, I was like, Oh, I'm nearly at the home stretch. The part where like, you can tell everybody and everything will be great. And just started hemorrhaging, passed out on the floor. Um, I had to have an ambulance come and get me. And um, my my husband called. I had my daughter there. Uh, it was just, it was a wreck. It was awful. And I ended up passing out. But before I passed out, the thought that I had was, oh, my gosh, I'm so big. How are they going to get the, look, I'll cry. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> sorry no it's okay this is that's a lot yeah how are they going to get the stretcher through the house and like carry me out to the ambulance and so I remember that through everything and um I remember that thought and then I passed out and I remember waking up in the hospital and like I just knew what had happened and after that I would say for like the next few months, just the only comforting thing was eating. Um, eating was comfort. Eating was, you know, it was like the one bit of happiness. Um, right. And so I mean, I just packed it on after that second miscarriage. That second one really, woo, that one was bad. Um, sounds very traumatic. And it's like, you're not only trying for so hard, you already went through that painful experience right. once. I can't imagine. That's yeah, very that difficult. Was, that was very, that was very difficult. Um, so just, you know, the next few months, it was just trying to wake up, you know, I had, um, you know, just, it was, it was tough. And so I um, put on a bunch of weight after that. And that's kind of when I found keto, I was just kind of scrolling through Instagram and, you know, on the, the part where you can explore, like the Explorer page, and I saw all these women, and they didn't look like your typical, like, you know, with like the Gymshark, like no shades, the Gymshark legging girls, <laughs> but they didn't have like the big butts and the tiny, tiny little waist. Yeah, the photoshopped in little waistlines. And yes, they looked like normal women that I've seen, you know, at carpool or whatever. Um, and so... Um, they, they kind of inspired me and I sort of crept on a lot of them. Um, and the interesting thing is I'm friends with a lot of them now. And like some of them have written cookbooks and we've kind of formed this weird little tribe. Um, we go to lunch together now and it's crazy how it all worked out. But so I started just following, like, what do they eat in a day? How does this work? And I really, I think because I was so just heartbroken, I threw myself into this way of eating it became like this kind of religious kind of thing. It was something to throw my thoughts into. 
Um, it was something to dwell on that wasn't the miscarriage, that wasn't infertility. And so um, I would say for the first month or so, I just kind of watched what everyone was eating, watched what they were drinking, watched what they didn't eat, um, you know, saw what they were cooking in their normal, regular homes. And then I started to replicate it. And oddly enough, the first thing that I noticed, I also had suffered from migraines for the longest time um, prior to all of this. So I had migraines, I had heartburn, I had, um, my husband will joke that I snored like crazy back then. And the other really bad thing was when I was at my highest weight, I started to have, and I'll mispronounce this horribly, plantar fasciitis. Oh, plantar fasciitis. Yes. I've had that before too. It is so painful. Yes. And it feels like your feet are just collapsing. And I was like 30 years old and I was like, I feel like I am dying. I am 30 years old and I feel like my body is literally just falling apart and collapsing. I feel that I like, I can relate so hard and that particular type of pain from plantar fasciitis, it really feels like I'm old. Like what's happening to my body, my feet, the foundation of my body are like failing me. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that was for whatever reason, that was the biggest thing to me. I was like, my body is literally crumbling apart right now. Um, but slowly those things started to improve. Like the heartburn went away with following keto, the migraines. I used to have a migraine at least once a week, sometimes twice. Um, you know, sometimes so bad that I have to go get a shot at the doctor. Um, and slowly those started to subside and I just kind of started to feel better. Like a fog has sort of been lifted and I was like, Oh, this is what it's like to be a regular 30 year old. Like, I don't feel like I'm a hundred this is, this is amazing, but this is weird. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what started it all. And then I would say about maybe two months in after following all these girls on Instagram, I was like, I'm going to make a keto Instagram. And I was trying to come up with names and my husband was like, you should be queen city keto. And I was like, Oh, I like that. That's got like a little ring to it. That sounds cute. And so that's how, that's how it began. <laughs> and so you, I mean, you have over 24,000 followers, which yeah. is an impressive following. And did you just build that organically? How did it come? How did it come to be? I have no idea. So I have people ask me like, how, well, they'll say it. And it's almost like the most backhanded compliment. Like, why do a bunch of people follow you? <laughs> and I literally don't know. Um, I think. I think the appeal is that I'm just like the mom that it's in your carpool line. Um, I've got kids and I have things to do and I don't have my entire day to focus on, you know, weighing out every gram of food I eat. Like we go to Wendy's and I'm going to show you what I eat at Wendy's. Right. Um, you know, this is how you navigate. That's, I think that's like weirdly my claim to fame is like how to navigate drive through menus and carry out menus and how to hack those sort of things. Um, how to do it on a budget. Like I don't have an unlimited budget to spend on products and things. And I'm very much a straight shooter. Like I, my big thing I got in trouble for was there was a, an electrolyte drink that I think goes for like $125 a month. And they're saying that you need it for keto. And I was like, no. And I tried it. I was like, no, you need like, pink Himalayan salt and right. magnesium and you, you spend like $12 a month and you're good. Like, so I think that, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about 
people are drawn drawn to authenticity and you know 90% of the, the people in the world, yeah, they're going to go through a Wendy's drive through at some point. It's going to have to be quick. They don't have an unlimited budget to be spending on food and supplements and wellness products. So like you're tapping into just uh, the real market. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think it's always funny. People ask like about Instagram posts, like how do you get engagement on certain things? I was like, you put a Wendy's burger without a bun in your lap and you take a picture of it. Honestly, those are the most, like, those are the posts that I could sit there and think and type out, you know, like my innermost thoughts and like nobody would like it. And then I post a Wendy's bunless burger and it gets like a bajillion likes. It doesn't make any sense, but it's because it's approachable. It's because anybody, you know, on a long day, you're coming home from work or whatever. And you're like, I don't have time to make dinner. What can I eat? I can go through one, you know. I sound like a Wendy's ambassador, but <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by Wendy's, Wendy's. <laughs> but also Wendy's hit me up. No. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> Wendy's sponsorship, all of it. So when you first transitioned to keto, did you have any, you know, some of the common symptoms people talk about are brain fog or like lack of energy because you were burning carbs. Now you're burning fat. What did that transition look like for you? So I will say initially, I think I was so excited by the newness of it and the prospect of change. And I don't know that I was like attuned to all of that. I just felt the good of it. Now I will say, um, you know, if I have like a, what, you know, if I go to Brown Bear Bakery on the weekend or whatever, and I get something and I'm trying to go back into ketosis now, after, you know, after being, you know, what, three and a half years of doing this, I am much more aware of that kind of foggy, yucky feeling of going back into it, kind of going from that glucose. I think, you know, you can kind of ebb and flow in it, into it, you know, back and forth now. Mm -hmm. But initially, I think I was just so excited. I don't know that I was fully aware of like the, the bad things with it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can understand that. I can relate to that. It's like you have the motivation of something new. And for you, it sounded like you were putting that grieving energy exactly. into something productive and helpful for you. Right. So you could easily dismiss the maybe right. low, a couple low energy days, which really I don't think it's that it's not that severe for a lot of people. You might have a couple, you know, keto flu, whatever, but like you get through that. Exactly. Well, yeah. I think when you were the weight that I was, you just wake up feeling foggy and not well. And so to feel not well, was just every day. And so to me, there was like almost a slight improvement, I think, to, you know, starting to wean yourself off of that sugar. And um, I think I maybe was just fortunate. I don't know. A lot of people, I think I have a lot, you know, worse symptoms, keto flu and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, it comes back to bio-individuality. Clearly this has worked really well for you. It might not work as well for everyone else. How long did it take you to lose that much weight? How, over what period of time? So I lost, um, the first hundred was, it was about a year or so. Um, I felt like it fell off very quickly. And, um, and then the last few bits, took some time and then I ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> um, and so, like I said, we had struggled, you know, with infertility for so long, I had kind of given up. I had sold like all my, you know, my oldest, she's seven and a half now. 
I had, you know, sold and donated all of her baby clothes. Like we didn't have anything. And we were looking into adopting. Um, we were looking into all sorts of different options. I had just kind of moved on. I was like, all right, she's, you know, she's, you know, it's kind of time to move along from the baby front. And I went to a Dave Matthews concert <laughs> and I had a few too many uh, rum and diets <laughs> and I have a little baby. <laughs> I will. Do you contribute the pregnancy to keto or do you think it, do you think it was keto weight loss or do you think it was a combination of everything? I think it was probably a combination of everything. Um, I, so I saw a reproductive endocrinologist um, here locally who I just love. And he is a big fan of low carb in women with PCOS. Um, he's kind of more South Beach diet as uh, more his cup of tea. Um, but he was very supportive of a low carb diet with my history and with like my blood work and kind of working together. He was supportive of that. Um, so I think there was, there was some part of keto and just kind of having a stable blood sugar. Um, keto also regulated my cycles. It's another reason why a lot of women with PCOS do keto. Um, I had a lot of trouble having like a consistent cycle and I would say probably, you know, keto and just losing weight, um, maybe like six months or so in my cycle started to be like clockwork, which obviously when you're trying to get pregnant, it's a lot easier, um, to become pregnant when you have a normal regular cycle. Right. You can track everything. Yeah. That's really interesting. I guess there's probably some relation to with hormone regulation. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you losing the weight physically, right? That brings a lot of changes on the outside, cl clearly. Yeah. But what I'm really interested in is you had posted a caption recently. It was a, with ice cream and it said something okay. like that you didn't want to be the mom thinking the whole day about eating a scoop of ice cream and that there was a lot of mental stuff you had to manage with the weight loss. So I'd love to hear about that. And then how, if any, does that you know show up for you today? So I think I, I have been lucky this whole time. My husband, so he's lost 120 pounds. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like a marathon. Well, he's, he was going to try to run a marathon, but, uh, we had the flying pig got rescheduled. So he's going to run that marathon real soon, <laughs> but he's been running a lot of the smaller races in, um, flying pig races prior till now. And so, um, if you had seen him before, you would have never been like, this guy's going to run all these races. So I always had him. Um, and so I didn't feel deprived because I didn't have someone else eating ice cream while I was eating like, you know, meat sticks or whatever. Um, I had someone alongside me for the journey, someone who got it because we were losing. He did keto too. He is more low carb. He, um, with run, he's, he really just fell in love with running. And so there are keto runners. Um, but for him, he just works better with like a little boost of carbs. He does, he, he eats, I, I cook keto. And so what I make, he eats, um, like he'll make his own breakfast and things like that. Or when he's out, he'll eat carbs and, you know, whatever. Um, but if I make it, that's what he eats. And so um, it was nice to have that partner alongside of me. And I felt like I was kind of in a bubble for like the three years that, we were losing weight together and it's been, I would say like the past since COVID started, I think I had this awakening where it was just like, 
I don't know that I want to go the rest of my life without ever indulging in an ice because I was very strict keto for about three, three and a half years. I didn't really do cheat days. I have a little bit of like a binge eating kind of background. And so keto for the longest time helped me. I still don't, I'm not a, you know, clinical person, so I don't know, you know, um, how all of this goes down mentally. But for me, um, it helped to control a lot of those binge issues just because it sort of put a lot of the temptation and the sugar cravings aside. I didn't have a desire to eat an ice cream just because I hadn't eaten one in so long. And like that sugar, you know, it wasn't calling to me anymore. It was like, yeah. oh, no, I'll eat ribeye or I'll eat, you know, broccoli or whatever. And that's fine. Um, but it's, it was really like since COVID began, I was kind of like, you know what? Like I want to just enjoy one ice cream cone. You don't want to worry about it. I just want to eat the ice cream and move along with the rest of my day. And when you're in a ketogenic state, it will, you know, if I eat an ice cream cone from graders, God love graders. I love graders. Um, but it will wreck me for, a, you know, probably 48 hours. I will be so bloated and I'll probably have a headache and I'll knock myself, you know, out of ketosis. And so that was always a f- kind of a fear for me um, because as I've gotten further into this, it became less desirable to knock yourself out of ketosis because it was like, oh, it's just such a headache to get back. Like, I might as well just stay on this. And um, I've kind of been looking at different ways of eating and I changed my Instagram name and I just, I don't want to be known as the lady who like, she only eats keto things. And, you know, if, if I, anybody ever saw me out with an ice cream cone, they would just, you know, have a fit over it. Like, I don't want to be known for what I eat. Right. Right, right. I was going to ask about that when the change from Queen City Keto to now Queen City Lisa and how can I can imagine that would be difficult with almost like a mini identity crisis. Like for years, you know, you've been known as this. It's how you've eaten. It's how you've showed up in the social media space. And then for you to kind of have the courage to be like, but is this really what I want to do forever? Like right. I'm not just what I eat. Right, right. Yeah. And so that was I struggled with that for, you know, like a month or two. I was like, should I just change my name? Like, what if I just change my name on there? Like, would people flip out? Would they lose it over that? And, um, but I was like, I want to be genuine. And I want people to know that, yeah, this worked really well for me for three and a half years. I credit my baby for, you know, part of this. Um, This, I have a friend, um, her name's Jessica Dukes, and she wrote a cookbook, and she's awesome, and she has this catchphrase that she always says, she says, you know, keto is my home, sometimes I like to take a vacation from home, Um, sometimes I like to take a long sabbatical, and so I've really, keto is definitely my home base, Um, so 90% of the time, that's how I eat, but I think especially now with having two little girls, I want to try to model kind of a moderation. Um, my oldest had made a comment once and it kind of just like shocked me a little bit. Um, she was like, mommy doesn't eat that. Da, 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 da. And she kind of said it with a little dig to it. And I was like, Ooh, and I just didn't mm. like the way, especially with having two girls. Um, I'm always very mindful of how I phrase things. I'll say like, I don't eat this because it hurts my belly. 
Um, I don't eat, you know, I don't do this because I just don't feel very well when I eat that. And I, um, I want them to, you know, I, I don't want to pass along my issues to them. And it's difficult, you know, especially like people will yell out, I'll be at the grocery store and I'll have people yell, Hey, Queen City Keto, like they'll yell my Instagram handle. And so she associates that way of eating, which she's now starting to hear about, you know, I guess through the news or through whatever, um, or we'll get invited to something and it just kind of hit me wrong. And I was like, I don't want her to associate, you know, mommy doesn't eat sugar. Like it just didn't sit well with me. And so right. I had a little change of heart. Um, I still really try to avoid sugar in how I eat on a day-to-day basis just because with, you know, being from a keto background, I know that sugar doesn't agree well with me. Um, but I don't want to pass that sort of head thing along to them. And so I'm trying to find balance and I don't know, you know, my, my journey with all of this is I'm very open with people and I tell them, I don't know, I'm muddling my way along like everyone else. I'm not the authority. I'm not, you know, all of these famous Instagram people who write books and who I'm a mom and I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah. I saw something that you wrote recently. I think maybe it must've been something in relation to kind of you being a little bit more flexible now. Mm -hmm. And you said something to the effect of like, if you're wondering about doing keto, like don't ask a girl on Instagram, (laughs) like, you know, like maybe like do some of your own research or talk to someone that's, medical profession whatever people ask me legit medical questions that they should ask their doctor and I'm like no like this is no you need to go to your doctor like I am not I am some random lady on the internet do not ask me anything like that I'm a I will show you I will tell you this is what I am doing because it works for me I've been doing this for a while but you need to do your own thing, you know? Yeah. I think it's a really conversation about passing on those tendencies, even anxieties, behavior, relationship with food onto our daughters. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard because it's like so much of it too. You probably don't even realize how you're expressing and showing up to them. And then you get that feedback back from them and you're like, Oh shit. Yes. Yes. That was because, a oh shit moment. <laughs> right. Right. And I can, I've seen different things on Instagram too. And in just thinking of my own experience that there was, it, it's, it was all so subtle. It was so subtle in the way that like how you look as a woman is important mm-hmm. or like body size being smaller mm-hmm. is important. I mean, they didn't outright say this, mm-hmm. But that and along with like media and culture, right? all that. But like, I can't remember any time growing up and hearing that any woman in my life was happy with her body Oh, or even that like food made them feel good. You know, it was mostly like, oh, I ate too much or like, oh, I never know when to stop eating or like, I, you know, eat, eat a lot. And like, oh, I'm so full. How do I just, keep? you know, it was just like those kind of conversations, but not until later in life have you realized that what you've internalized and you know carried along and has had impacts just interesting conversation Very interesting so i will in that kind of the flip side of that so my mom um my mom did weight watchers all while we were growing up because that was the thing back then um yeah. and 
it, it's very funny because my dad thinks she is the most gorgeous thing he has ever seen. He says, oh my gosh, he just goes on about how my mom's a very curvy, like very voluptuous woman. And he, lo- oh my gosh, he just thought she was the most beautiful thing ever. And so to grow up with someone who appreciated that and it didn't want her to get smaller. So I'm kind of the flip side of that. And so for me, actually, I actually probably felt more beautiful at larger sizes. Um, When I lost the weight, it was very weird for me. It was very much like a head trip thing for me. Um, I lost some of the boobs. And to me, like the boobs were like, va, va, boom. That was my thing, you know? And so now you got the calves too. I I don't know. (laughs) So, so that, that's interesting to hear. That was kind yeah. of like a, a mental game too, that you had to juggle of yeah. how do I now show up in this body? Do I like what I've seen? Right. Yeah. You got what you supposedly always wanted. Does it make you any, does it make you feel any sort of way? And then I got pregnant right away. So it's like, I had gotten to my absolute lowest weight ever. I mean, probably like the night I got pregnant <laughs> and then boom, got pregnant. I didn't really gain a ton of weight, but obviously like your body just changes. And I, I have large babies. Uh, my first was nine pounds, seven and a half ounces. The other one was nine pounds, four and a half ounces. Like my babies are big. Um, and so to go from that smallest size ever to being pregnant with this giant baby, um, and then to go to this weird, like middle ground, like I am really struggling. Like I'm up probably like 25 pounds from my lower my lowest weight and so it's just up down up down and you're trying to figure out in your head like where am I in this and what do I actually look like because it all happens so quickly and so that's been that's been yeah a head game yeah how old is your youngest child she now is, uh she just turned 17 months okay okay and yeah then it starts have you had the thought too of like maybe this is where I am. Like maybe this is where my natural set weight point is where I'm eating. I'm feeling, I feel good physically. And this is where I am. Yeah. I think, um, I'm not there right now. I think there's, um, I'm just not comfortable in my clothes right now. And that's my thing. Like I don't have some great aspiration of like, Oh, I want to have washboard abs and I want to have this and that. Like, I just, I would like to fit in just, I would like to walk into a regular store and buy regular clothes. And, um, that's it really. Like I don't have these great, I just want to be healthy. That's my big thing with being, you know, not so healthy for so long and having so many issues. Um, that's my big thing. It's just, I want to be healthy. I want to not be on all kinds of medications for the rest of my life. I want my girls to not have to, you know, worry about, taking care of me at a, you know, youngish age. Like I want to be a strong old lady. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are, you're eating keto, you said like 90% of the time now, Mm -hmm. what does that like 10% flex look like and how, and when do you gravitate towards that? Um, so I kind of, I've really been playing around lately. Um, I don't know what it looks like and I don't know what is the right way. And I'm doing quotes for that. Um, but just, I, I had this, this is so silly. I had this thing where they were all these, I bought an instant pot and I was very excited. And there were all these recipes with an instant pot where you put beans in it 
And you made these like, you know, soups and stews. And I was like, but I can't eat beans. And beans, for whatever reason, were like the thing for me and sweet potatoes. Um, So I don't necessarily want to go eat regular ice cream all the time. But in the middle of summer, if, you know, we are at some sort of fair or festival, I want to eat corn on the cob. And I want to go to that peach truck thing and I want to eat a peach. Yeah. Right. 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 You're you're not even thinking, I'm going to do quotes too, of like going off the rails. It's like these, these foods arguably too, like they're not, they're not bad for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any food is bad or, or good, or it's like kind of the place where I'm trying to get to. But I think that coming from that place, like where it sounded like you were very dogmatic in your approach to keto that to now introduce some of these things, even the corn probably is like, Oh my God, this is a treat. (laughs) Isn't that bizarre? Like to get excited. I was like, I'm going to eat corn on the cob. (laughs) That should not be that thrilling. It really shouldn't. But when you haven't, when you've kind of put all of those foods into this box, no, you can't have this. Um, just to sort of open that up a little bit and be like, you know what, you can occasionally throw some corn in the, or throw some black beans in the instant pot. Like it's not a big deal. Um, I'm trying to find the balance of that, um, you know, watermelon in the summer, just things like that. Um, and occasionally I want to be able to enjoy, like, you know, if we go to a fair festival with my kids, I was always, you know, so like. I'm not going to take a bite of that because if I take one bite, then it's all over and it's ruined and I'm knocked out of ketosis. I don't want to have that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, it's been difficult to keep up for so long. And there are people that have been keto that have been carnivore for decades and, you know, just so long. And I think there's a season for everything for certain people. And I think keto, you know, really strict keto served me very well for a really long time. And now I'm just kind of trying new things. Yeah. And you absolutely can do that. You don't have, and it's like, okay, let's try how do beans make me feel good. I'm still good. Okay. I know that's okay. Corn. Yep. All right. Maybe it's shows up in my poop, but like, <laughs> it's cool. I still feel good. Like, <laughs> I am um, speaking of carnivore. I did carnivore. Oh, I know you did for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think I will do that again but again like that was just I think the way that I wanted to be training how my body was feeling and responding I never had this like breakthrough moment of like fantastic screaming from the rooftops like Joe Rogan saying he's going to eat this way forever which also Joe Rogan is not still eating that way so no, I feel like he <laughs> pasta he always has yeah. this one restaurant he gets pasta so it's like mm, I don't know how carnivore we are now <laughs> but I, I know that. Truly, truly. But it was, I was happy to do it at least just, just, at least just to know, okay, I tried it and it wasn't the optimal way of eating for me, but at least now I know. Right. Right. That's what life is. And that's what kind of, you know, all of this, you don't have to, just because you chose one thing for a certain part in your life, doesn't have to be that way forever. If something is not serving you, you know, in the moment, evaluate and try something new, figure out what will work. Um, you know, play around a little bit. Yeah. Well, it might not be your, and I, people always ask me like, should I try it? And I'm like, not necessarily. Like it may, you may hate it. Um, you have to really like a certain type of food. Um, you have to really be, 
you know, I think if you basically live on popcorn, it's going to be very difficult, you know, and if you love just eating popcorn 24 seven might not be your, your thing. Yeah. I just like to, to honor your curiosity, Mm -hmm. even, you know, even if you're like, I, this is working, but what about this other thing? Yeah. That's great too. Did you, in addition to the way that you were eating, change or do anything fitness-wise, physical fitness-wise? So I have always been not sedentary. Like, I would always go for walks. Like, even when I was younger, when I was, like, 15 or 16 at my first job, like, I would walk to work. And so, like, walking was always my thing. Um, But starting keto and kind of, again, Instagram, looking at what people were doing. I saw a lot of these women um, who were having a lot of success with weight, you know, with weight training. And uh, particularly women with PCOS, it's apparently very beneficial for like the way that our bodies are set up Um, and particularly lifting very heavy weights. And we got our first gym membership. And my first gym membership was a very like crossfit like big hulking guy gym and um very intimidating and i remember walking in there i was like oh my gosh what am i doing here but it was like ten dollars a month so i was you know we're gonna make it work yeah and i was so intimidated but i actually kind of like got my training wheels i guess at this big hulking guy gym and so i would watch what they were doing because i didn't have a clue um, and so yeah, I, I was going to say, how did you like get your programming or know what to do or not a clue? Like I would just watch these giant guys and what they were doing back on the elliptical. Like I'd be on the elliptical, just kind of eyeballing. I'm like, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? And how many of those are you doing? Um, because I had never lifted anything and it was such a foreign concept to me. And so like, I would look up little, um, workouts on Instagram and I would like bookmark them and I would go to the back of the gym where nobody was could see me and I would play around and I would just try to like, you know, figure out how are they doing this? And, you know, um, and so that's really how I started with everything. And we later found a gym that we really loved. It had amazing childcare. And that's huge to me. Like if you're a mom, oh my gosh, do a gym with amazing childcare. I feel like it'll change your life. Um, And then COVID happened and gyms got shut down. And I was like, oh my gosh, like the gym to me had become this mental sanity saver for me. It was where I, I love my kids pieces, but I got away for 45 minutes, an hour. And I just, didn't have to think about anything else. I could throw my headphones in. I could be, you know, an adult. I was someone's mom in that moment. You know, I could just do my thing and focus on me. And um, so we ended up building a little gym in our garage. I like epoxied the floors and stenciled on myself. And I just like destroyed my back laying out across the (laughs) the garage floor stenciling. I started acquiring little pieces of gym equipment. Like I would check Facebook marketplace and we ended up getting like an elliptical and we got a rower and I would go um, every day and I would check like on Walmart's website for um, kettlebells and weights. And you could get like one at a time. It was like, you here, here's one 10 pound weight and that's all you can get right now. (laughs) And so it was just this piecemeal little gym that I just slowly started acquiring. Um, And we, we just got a few little pieces here or there and it has become just my little space and my husband makes fun of it. And I have um, a wine fridge in there filled with water, <laughs> but it's my spot now and it's where I go to kind of get away and 
de-stress a little bit and work out and yeah on. so are you do you still find online workouts do you, have you kind of started to get enough knowledge that you're like okay i think i know i can like kind of piece this stuff together or this feels good um it's a lot of finding things online i had started to before COVID. i had started to do like classes i am not a dance person i cannot do like i i'm in an absolute embarrassment at like any sort of jazzercise or like zumba or anything like that it is terrible i am a weightlifting girl i am that is my thing i cannot dance um but i am interested in like how other people are doing things and so i'll kind of be at the back of the classroom just watching and trying my best but it is is not cute <laughs> no i mean you just got to find what works for you what's going to keep you coming back and moving really is the is the kicker i also love walking yeah it's the best yeah yeah and some things i think people overcomplicate so much of this and it's like no you just need to move like it doesn't have to be anything fancy mm -hmm. um, go for a walk after you eat like that's really that's it that's yeah it. so in that same vein it sounds like lifting and gym time is definitely part of a self-care routine but anything else that you do that really helps you or promotes your self-care um so i really struggled uh, our second baby was um not the best sleeper she would wake up uh, up until she was about like 16 months old so like a month or so ago she'd wake up two or three times a night and my i mean if i am not well rested i it, it's a struggle for me. Um, and so just recently she started to sleep a little bit in the morning and I have my mornings back and my mornings are like my time. Um, I'll make my coffee and you know, whether like on a Sunday, I, I plan out our meals for the week. I do our groceries for the week. Like I order all of that. Um, and I just kind of sit there with my coffee and that's sort of my time. Um, I also, I do a lot of cooking before the girls wake up in the morning, like really early in the day, because with like little toddlery babies, they aren't having it at five thirty, six o'clock or come dinner time. Like if she sees me go in the kitchen, she flips out when she knows it's time to eat. So if I'm in there at six o'clock, like actually making dinner, she is at my, my ankles, like, you know, crying and carrying on. And so it's very difficult to make dinner at that time. So I actually prep everything sometimes make the meal entirely and then I just reheat it come six yes. o'clock and it's a sanity saver for me. It's like if I spend that time in the morning focusing on, you know, either making our lunches, making our dinners, prepping things, our whole day goes so much better. Um, the other thing I do is I, I try to work out in the morning. I try to knock it out first thing in the day. And that way to me, it's like, okay, if I don't accomplish anything else, like if I literally just lay here, at least I got the gym part of it done. I got dinner done. <laughs> like I have these two things done. That's everything. That's everything. You get your workout and you have like your meal set for the day. Those are the two biggest stressors, I think, aside from what right, we have to work and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, that's the number one thing I'm trying to focus on right now is how can I be better at I mean, essentially it's meal prep. Like I just want things ready to go. And I just, I don't want to have to think about it. It's like one less thing I want on my, one on my plate, <laughs> pun intended. But do you have any like really um, interesting or like fun, easy go-to meals that you're doing a lot? I'm really looking for something to like get me excited. 
Um, I it's so boring. So like lunches, I eat so much salad. I do lots of like grilled chicken, cob kind of salads. I typically what I'll do on Sundays, I do a bunch of hard boiled eggs. I do chicken. The Instant Pot has become my life. I waited so long to buy one because I was like, I don't want one more gadget in my kitchen. This is silly. Um, I'm not going to use it. And then I have fallen in love with that stupid thing. And I do hard boiled eggs and chicken. And then that way I can kind of alternate throughout the week. You know, if I want to do like tuna salad, I already have the eggs done. I rip open the tuna packet, throw some sugar-free, you know, um, uh, pickle relish in there, a little mayonnaise, throw it on a bed of lettuce. Like I don't want to cook anything at lunch. Um, Assemble and be done. Um, I do, you know, what else? Dinner time, we've been doing lots of like white chicken chili. Um, my kids love, I do like a pizza bake where basically you throw all of your toppings. You can even go to the grocery store salad bar and well, you can't right now, but you could get like green peppers already sliced, you know, pepperoni, sausage, diced onions, throw it all in a casserole dish with a little bit of, you know, low carb marinara, throw some cheese on it or not. If you're dairy free, whatever your tickles your fancy. Um, pop it in the oven and that's it. And my kids love it because they're like, we're eating pizza. Um, <laughs> you know, very basic stuff. Zoodles with meat sauce. We're yeah. super basic. That's the one switch. I, before keto, I would make, you know, a main dish. I would make like three sides and I would go crazy. We are very simple anymore. It's like you get a meat and you get a vegetable or you get one dish that's made all together and that's it. I don't go crazy with cooking. Eight yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on that same path for sure. You've mentioned a lot of things. You did inspire me with the hard-boiled eggs. I think it would be very delicious. Or even if I have some bacon ready too, I can crumble some bacon and hard-boiled eggs and grilled chicken on a salad. That sounds so delicious to me. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay, you inspired me for sure. <laughs> so I want to touch on this too because I think it's very interesting and something I don't personally have a lot of exposure to is homeschooling. Oh man. So like you made the choice to do that, not a force from the pandemic. You're probably like, hey bitches, welcome to my world. <laughs> no, I feel so bad for everybody that's doing it right now, but it was not their initial plan. Um, so I when my um oldest was in preschool, it just wasn't really working for us. I kind of there were just some things where I was like, Yeah, I don't like this. Um, I just felt like she wasn't getting what I felt that she needed. Um, and so I had looked into it for a little while and I kind of you know, him hauled around about it. I told my husband, I was like, I think we're going to pull her out. And he's, he's very supportive of my crazy ways. He knows that I don't just, just decide something. He knows that if I mention it, I have been Googling it for 12 weeks and I have looked up every chart and graph. And well, it um, sounds like exactly how you approached keto and working out like you observed for a while right like you're in the background figuring it out so I can definitely see that yeah I'm gonna sit in the wings girl I'll I'll watch and if if it works well for you (laughs) but if you fall in your face I'm not jumping in Um, so I I waited around for a little while and we finally decided to do it and it was one of the best things that I had done I felt like I really got to know the way that she you know she learned um, I know her greatest strengths. I know her biggest weaknesses. 
Um, and so it worked really well for us. And I did it for kindergarten too. And I loved it. I love the way that we got to homeschool um, during the time in which we did it. Um, I ended up sending her to first grade. We um, were in an amazing school district and we had a really positive experience with first grade. And then COVID happened at the end of the school year. And we all kind of went to this remote learning thing. And so I got put back into kind of homeschooling-ish. It was this strange, you know, hybrid thing where it was like, you're kind of on your own, but you're kind of not. Right. And I just didn't want to do that this year with the way that school seems to be shaping down. And so I think everyone has such a difficult, you know, if you even have a decision, like I am ridiculously privileged and grateful for the opportunity to be able to do this. And I realized like there are so many women who this isn't even an option. Um, And so I sometimes feel, I feel guilty and I feel bad about like talking about this because I feel like there are some people who would kill to be able to make this decision or, you know, some people are just like, get these kids out of here. They're driving me crazy. And I understand that too. I completely understand that. Um, And so we do, it's a very like Charlotte Mason style of learning. Um, We don't do a lot with, you know, computers and things. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of playing, um, learning through play. I'm also lucky that when all of this happened, I have little kids. Uh, I think it would be very difficult if they were much older than this. Um, If they were in middle school and they had all of their things and friends. I'm like, I can't teach you math. No, I don't even know it. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out as well as it could time frame wise for me, but I don't yeah. know if I could do it if they were like in ninth grade. Well, I just, I mean, I I feel like hats off to anyone that's like this path that everyone else is doing isn't going to work for me. So I'm going to try something else. Yeah. Like yeah. that's great. Courageous. Yeah. It may be a total bust. Everyone can <laughs> come laugh at me later. I don't know. I, oh, that's how I approach everything. Like I am not the authority on anything. I am just some lady like trying to figure it out. So that's all we're doing. Truly, truly. Okay. So Lisa, big question now, what does being fit mean to you? So I think I was, I was trying to, cause I know you ask this. Uh, (laughs) I, I think it's just really being like the best version of yourself. Um, I don't, so this will, when I show up to things, particularly when I was queen to the keto, like the keto lady, I would show up to things and I, I felt people looking me up and down. It was like, you're still a really big lady. Like, how do you, you know, I felt that I felt like a judgment. Um, and I felt a, you know, what are you doing telling people how to be healthy or how to be this or how to be that. And my big thing is I am the healthiest version of me right now. I am, you know, my best version of me. And so to me, that is, that is fit. That is health. Um, I'm work in progress. I am still always learning and trying to figure it out and we'll be figuring it out till the end of time. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what it is. That's being honest again, we're right right back to that. Like everyone is there. People are on different stages of their journey, different paths. It looks way different for some people. Like that's all anyone is doing. No yeah. one knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. It was so good to 
connect even virtually and, and get to chat with you. Where can people follow you, follow along on all the antics, see those calf babies? I am at Queen City Lisa over on Instagram. I don't I do not do Facebook, but just Instagram. <laughs> thank Perfect. you so much for having me. This is awesome. No, thank you. Reminder to listeners, follow on Insta at What The Fit Podcast, me at Chrissy Grody. See what's going on. Rate, review the podcast on iTunes. Please, please, please. It helps drive eyeballs to the podcast. And if you love What The Fit, help support the podcast with a monthly contribution on the Patreon. And if you can't donate money, no problem. Share via social media. Thanks so much, guys. Love you.